promise that he will never forsake us. This morning, uh, for all you guys that want to be baptized, all one of you, uh, <coughs> or two, whoever you got, meet me at the church. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the game plan down. They were doing baptism. They were baptizing like Jack Hibbs, baptizing like 300 people, man. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> well, hey, you know, great. I think it's wonderful. I think he's doing a wonderful job. You know, I listen to the guy sometimes. I think he's preaching the word of God. So, hey, keep on preaching, brother. Keep on doing what you're doing. This morning, what I want to talk about is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Sometimes you don't feel his presence, but he's there. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. This is misunderstood among the triune God. We don't believe in three gods. We just believe in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is mentioned uh, 100 times in the Old Testament and more than 250 times in the New Testament. He is a helper. He, he is a teacher, and the Holy Spirit is an encourager. Did you know that? He's your helper, the Paracletus. He's your helper. He is your teacher, and he's your encourager. And I think in these last days, we're going to need some help. I, I watch the news sometime, and it seems like everything right now is negative. Negative on every hand. Uh, but I'm glad that we have a comforter. I'm glad that we have the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. The Bible said, but when the helper comes, not if he comes, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. We need to hold it. Spirit's help and the power to witness. We need the Holy Spirit's help, power to live the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit in these last days because no one knows what to do anymore. Seems like the whole world is getting more and more confused. The Holy Spirit wants us to know that you are not alone. I don't know what you guys are going through this morning in your everyday Christian life, but the Holy Spirit wants you to know that you are not alone. Some people say, well, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is saying, well, I want more of you. So the Holy Spirit wants to control and the Holy Spirit wants to guide. The Holy Spirit wants to lead. The question is, will I let him lead? Because many times I don't. John chapter 16. You want to turn to it. John 15, 5 to 11 in your Bible. There's a lot of scripture on the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody, everybody don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not a Christian, you do not have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9 says, if a person does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. So in order to get the Holy Spirit, you've got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. And you will have the Holy Spirit. Now, before you came to Christ, 
The Holy Spirit was drawing you to Christ. You didn't know it. Some people say, well, my conscience is bothering me. I guess the Holy Spirit can use your conscience. But you knew it was something wasn't right. You knew you were empty inside and you were searching for this and searching for that. And you still felt empty inside until the Holy Spirit came in. When the Holy Spirit came in and now you don't feel that emptiness anymore. So that's what the whole that's what the world is seeking for. People says, well, the Holy Spirit this and the Holy Spirit that. But the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and he also wants to change your life. And don't be don't be afraid of change because it's going to be a lot of changes here that the Holy Spirit is going to make in these last days. And that's why I need prayer as a pastor that I can go with the flow of the Holy Spirit and not have my own agenda, which I do. I mean, but I'm just praying that God will change me on that. I always got an agenda, but I wanted to be the Holy Spirit's agenda. I want to have him lead and I want to follow him, lead, his lead, because I know there's going to be many changes in these last days before Christ comes. And we have to be open to not the status quo. We have to be open to change. I know we don't like change. But the Holy Spirit is going to change a lot of things and he's going to change a lot of churches. He hasn't got to work the same way in every church. He hasn't got to work the same way all the time. That's why I have to be open. I have to be quiet. I have to listen. I have to pray. I have to stay in the word. I have to live in the scripture. I have to. It's got to be a way of life every day. If I'm going to hear from God, because there's a lot of noise out there. that I don't want to hear about. I mean, some they don't have the answers. They're giving you all these problems. But who's got the solutions? Well, God's got the solution, but no one is asking him because we are Americans and we're going to figure it out, brother. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. Look at us. We figured it out. All right. John 16, 5. But now I go away to him who sent me and no one of you asked me where you're going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he will come, not it. He's a personal pronoun. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a he. It's a person. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler, talking about Satan, of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you could not bear them now. This sounds like me in my prayer life sometimes. God said, you know what, I got so much I want to tell you, but you just can't handle it right now. Uh, uh, Christ, uh, I, I understand Christ will give me a little bit at a time and as I understand that, and as I'm obedient to what he has said, he'll give me a little bit more, but he's not going to give me the whole Bible at once and expect me to understand it. He told the disciples, say, I got a lot of stuff I want to tell you guys. I want to tell you guys a whole bunch of stuff, but you couldn't even bear them. I mean, the finite, trying to understand the infinite. But I understand enough to go on. I understand enough to stand they could not have understood it if he had, if he had told them everything. 
So he teaches us, the Holy Spirit teaches us a little bit at a time, and he works with every individual different. Other words, he knows what you need in your life, what he, what he, he knows what I need in my life, and he knows what everybody needs in their lives, and he's going to pinpoint the problem. He said, verse 13, however, when he comes, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. He didn't say some truth. He didn't say some truth. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you into some truth. He said he's going to guide you into all truth, not error. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he speaks, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He's going to tell you things to come. See, you can read the newspaper and, and find out what's going to happen today, but you can read the Bible and find out what's going to happen tomorrow. Am I right about that now? The, the rapture of the church is coming. The tribulation is coming. Heaven is awaiting you. The wrath of, car, the wrath of God is coming and judgment is coming. He said he, the Holy Spirit is going to show you the things to come. And he said he will glorify me and he will take up what is mine and declare it to you. All things of the Father has a mind, therefore I say to you, he will take of man and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to glorify Christ. He's going to show you things to come. We know things are going to come. We know, we know what's coming. If you read your Bible, you know you're in the last days. You know this is it. This is it now. Unless, unless God comes through, unless God intervenes some kind of way right now, we're done. We are done. Amen. I, I look at my neighbors, man. I mean, they, boy, they had a party last night. Woo-wee. Man, I mean, 12, 1230, the people over there still drinking. Nicest people you ever wanted to know. Nicest people. But, you know, I'm not nosy, but I see people put their garbage on the street and I see all these whiskey bottles like this, big old. I'm thinking, boy, these people need Christ bad. So I'm trying to I'm trying to win a relationship with them. Nicest guys. He says, hey, man, I see you need a lot of yard work. I'll come over and help you. But see, I'm trying to develop a relationship with them so I can win them to Christ. So I says, hey, so we last night they were just screaming and yelling and. And hollering, and I had to get up and come to church the next day. I said, well, I guess I'll be up all night. One o'clock, they were still going at it. And the next day, they're just as nice. Hey, you going to church? They'll be waving at me. They don't. I said, hey, man. I said, I said, why don't you come go with me? They said, well, it's too early. <laughs> but I love them, though. I mean, if I'm going to win them, if I'm going to win them, I'm going to have to love them. Um, I found out that uh, an unbeliever is not going to act like a believer. He's going to act like an unbeliever. He's going to drink, smoke, chew, whatever he wants to do. But uh, we can't expect an unbeliever to act like a believer because they don't have Christ. But we can show love anyway. I can look past the cigarette smoke and past the liquor. I know in their heart is empty and they are searching for Christ. So I'm praying that I can win them to the, to the Lord. So the Bible said the Holy Spirit is in every believer. Do not be drunk with wine, the Bible says, in which is a dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be continually filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. 
We have to be continually filled with God's spirit, a power to witness, a power to stand, a power to live the Christian life. You just don't be filled with the Holy Spirit one time, just like you don't fill your car just one time. When it gets down empty, you got to refill it, right? Well, so you got to refill yourself, continue to refill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Now, John 14, uh, 15 through 18 is another scripture since we in John, John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to Father, and he will give you another helper that may abide for you, what? How long? Forever. Another means another of the same kind. Once the Holy Spirit comes in, he will never leave. That's why I believe that once a person is saved, that person is saved. I don't believe that person can lose his salvation. I don't believe that. Because it says he's going to abide with you how long? Forever. And that's why you see so many backslidden Christians out there are miserable because they still got the Holy Ghost inside of them. The Holy Spirit hasn't left and everything they do wrong, the Holy Spirit is convicting them. And they are the most miserable people you've ever seen in your life because they know enough of the word of God to be miserable. They know better. And they try to run. I had a guy say he went to Las Vegas and lost all of his paycheck, lost it all. Came to, came to church almost in tears. Wife almost left him. But I don't want to call his name, but you think you can go across town and sin and the Holy Ghost don't know? <laughs> you think you cannot run the Holy Ghost? And that's why a lot of backslidden Christians, they're miserable, they're convicted because they're trying to go back into the world and they can't, it, 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 it won't work anymore like it used to. And that's how you know you are a believer. When you go into the world and can sin up a storm, and you feel bad about it, and you feel convicted about it, now you know you're a believer. Now, before, it didn't even bother you. Before you became a Christian, you didn't care. You could just do what you wanted to do. There was no conviction or nothing. But now you're a believer. When you mess up, when you do things wrong, or you say something wrong, or you hurt somebody, the Holy Spirit is going to say, uh-uh, you know better. Man, I hate that, but... Uh, <laughs> But he, he, he's going to show you your error. So the backslidden Christian, that's why I believe if you truly believe, I mean, a lot of people debate this, but I believe if you're really a born again believer, I don't think you can ever lose that salvation. I would lose my salvation if it depended upon me. I would lose it right now. Because I, I didn't do anything to get it, and I can't do anything to hold it or to keep it. I can't do nothing to keep it. Um, I hear people say, well, I'm holding on to Christ. I'm holding on to Christ. I said, that's awful. They go, what do you mean? I says, well, if you're holding on to Christ, the right trial comes along. The right setback comes along. You just might let go. No, I'm not holding on to Christ. Christ is holding on to me, and he's not going to let go. Amen. It's like when I was, my kids were small, every time my kids crossed the street, they wouldn't hold my hand. I would hold their hand because I wasn't going to let them go. There was traffic around. No, Christ is holding on to you. You're not holding on to him, and he's not going to let you go ever. Once you're a believer, you're convicted, and people say, well, if I, can, if I can't lose my salvation, I can just do whatever I want. I hear people say, 
I can just go out. No, if you can do whatever you want, and if you're not convicted by it, then you never was saved. Never was. You cannot, a Christian cannot just do what they want and not be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And when you are convicted, that's good to be convicted. So you can change. But that's how you know that you're a believer. You mess up now, you feel bad, you're convicted. Before, you didn't care. But now you know you belong to him, you feel bad about it, you feel convicted, and that is good. And if a person thinks that they can just go out and do whatever they want to, uh, that's not going to work. And if he feels comfortable doing what he's doing, you got to examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. Hmm. You cannot run him. He said, the spirit of truth, he said in verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be what in you. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is in every believer? Every believer. I will not leave you as orphans. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask to think according to the power that worketh in you. That he said the power that worketh in you. So you got the power that works in you to lead in the God and to teach already in you. So the Holy Spirit's not out there just floating around in the air somewhere. No, he's in every single believer. And that's why when you're born again, you see, you see life totally different. It's like I was walking around in blindness all my life, and when I got born again, it's like my eyes just came open, and I saw things like, man, I never even knew existed. But see, I was spiritually blind. I was spiritually blind, and I was spiritually dead. And the Bible said the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually understood. I didn't understand. But once you're born again, boom, all of a sudden your whole thinking changes. Your whole outlook on life changes. So, John 14, 25 and 26. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, when the Father, the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I've had, I've experienced this. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to teach you all things. The Father sent the Holy Spirit and he's going to bring to your remembrance, but you got to put it in there first before he can. If he's going to bring the scripture to your remembrance, you got to put the scripture in there so he can bring it to remembrance. I can't come out here on Sunday morning and say, well, what am I going to say today, boy? I don't know what I'm going to say. No, I got to spend time with the Holy Ghost all the week. And the word all the week. He can bring things to your remembrance. Every time I preach a sermon, it never comes out the way I studied it. Because when you stand behind the pulpit, the Holy Spirit has given you stuff that you said, man, I didn't even, I didn't even prepare, I didn't, I didn't prepare to say that. But it, you said it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit quickened you and that's what he wanted you to say. 
I got stuff written down here, but I don't stick to it. If the Holy Spirit wants me to say something different. I was talking to a pastor a while back and he said the Holy Spirit told him to throw his Bible, throw your notes away, man. Don't even use them today. Get out there and preach. No notes or nothing. He said that was scary, but he did it. And people got saved. I forgot how many, but a lot of people got saved because the Holy Spirit wanted to do something different. Just because I have something written down here and I've studied it, when I get behind the pulpit, some, there's so many scriptures coming in, in my mind. Uh, I don't always stick to what I got written down here. I'm, I'm going to go what the Holy Spirit wants to say. But he said he was sending in my name. He's going to bring things to your remembrance, especially when I'm witnessing. When I'm witnessing to a non-believer, scripture that's becoming, boom, boom, boon, boom, 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 boom. So that, that poor non-believer, I have mercy on him. I mean, God help him. Because uh, I'm going to give him everything, every scripture I can think of. When you're witnessing somebody, you know, you, the Holy Spirit is bringing scripture to your remembrance all the time. Now, when they, they, Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, it says now, I want to say this. I just want to say one other thing. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is, is going to testify of him. The Holy Spirit will never bring attention to himself. Did you know that? Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to testify of me. That's what he does. It's like the Holy Spirit is kind of playing uh, in the background there. John 14. So... I mean, Luke 12, he says, now when they bring you into the synagogues, the magistrates and the authorities do not worry how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. The Holy Spirit brings no new doctrine, but he teaches the very things that was uttered by Christ. You know, you ever been reading the Bible and it seems like the, something that jumps off the page and hits you in the face? Boom! I had a, sometimes I get up out of bed and I'll write stuff down. I know I'm going to preach the next day. I know it. And sometime I'll go to sleep, I'll dream about that sermon. I'm going to preach the next day, I'll dream about it. And I'm waking up, man, and I'm waking up. And, and I got my pen and my piece of paper and I'll write it down on the piece of paper. Because if I don't write it down, I forget it. Then I get mad I, because I forgot it. See, if I wrote it down, I can present it to you the next day and you'll know it came from the Holy Spirit. You'll know it. Because I said, man, this couldn't have come from me. This is too good. <laughs> so I get it from the Holy Spirit. I write it down. And when I write it down, I use those very things that the Holy Spirit told me. I, I preach it on Sunday mornings. I preach it on Sunday mornings. So Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to say. He said, he's going to be the mouth. And the Holy Spirit will never contradict what Christ has already said in his written word. He's not going to contradict it. You got to be careful when people say, well, you know, the Spirit told me to tell you. Wait, wait a minute. No, you just stop. You know, Spirit told me to tell you, you ought to move to Texas. Well, I don't know about that because Spirit ain't told me that. See, you pray for me that the Spirit will tell me the same thing he told you. Because the Spirit ain't told me that. 
Spirit said, the Spirit told me to tell you this, and the Spirit told me to tell you, be careful. In my counseling situations, I counsel people all the time. I says, listen, I'm not going to get upset at you just because you might disagree with me in my counsel, okay? People are praying about a new job. I said, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. I say, if your heart tells you different, follow your heart. Follow your heart. What is the spirit tells you to do? Follow your gut feeling. Follow the spirit. This is what I see. This is the way I see it. This is what I would do. But I can't speak for you what you would do. I said, whatever the spirit is telling you to do, you follow your own heart. That's what you do. I don't want to tell people to move to Texas and get over there and hate it. And they come back, call me and say, hey, man, you told me to go over there. Wait a minute. Uh, I told you to follow your heart. You went there because the spirit, you thought the spirit led you there. The Bible said we should not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to marry an unbeliever. He's not going to tell you to do that. Because it's contrary to the word of God. And I've, I've told people, you know, these girls, and they said, oh, he's just so handsome. And I said, well, you know, the first thing out of my mouth is he a believer. And they said, sometimes they'll say, well, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? I said, you got to know. You have to know. This is the second most important decision that you will ever make in your life. The first one is receiving Christ as your Savior. The second one is marriage. And you don't want to get the wrong one. So they says, will you do the wedding? I says, I, I, my conscience cannot allow me to go against what the word has already spoken. The word says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And I've had a many girl come back in this church and cry. With tears, they said, Lord, have mercy. I wish I had listened to you, Pastor. I wish I had listened. This guy has made my life miserable. He's controlling. And now he say, I can't even come to church. And he told her, says, I don't want you reading that Bible in this house. I don't want to see it. If you're going to read that Bible, go get in the car, go outside somewhere. But don't read that Bible in my house. I don't believe in that stuff. Unequally yoked. Well, I want, I want to do a, a wedding unequally yoke. The Holy Spirit is not going to go against the word of God. He's not going to do it. If 1 Corinthians 6 talks about suing your brother, we're not supposed to be suing each other, believers. What kind of testimony is that to the world? Paul say, it's better for you to be defrauded it's better for you to lose everything than to lose your testimony before the unbeliever. He says, isn't there a wise man among you that can solve these issues without going before the unbeliever? You're going to go, a Christian is going to go before the unbeliever to solve the issues? Paul is saying, I speak this to your shame. That's what Paul said. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now, Christian, do it. You know, a lot of pastors have been to court just for preaching the word. But we're not supposed to do that because the world is watching. And Jesus said, by this, all men will know 
that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, that's the only way the world's going to know. And when they see us fighting and division and arguing, you know, suing each other, taking each other to court, some Christians are bitter. You know, that's a bad testimony to the world. And they say, well, why should I be like, uh, why should I be a Christian? They act in the same way we are. So just with that, keep going. The Holy Spirit, Paul said, by one spirit are you baptized into one body. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit places you into the body of Christ. Jew or Gentile, bond or free. Only one church, only one body of Christ. No matter what denomination you go to, that's still only one body. The church, it don't matter. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 and 32. I wanted you to see this because you, got, you, you wouldn't believe it. You, you just wouldn't believe this. Ephesians 4, 30 and 32. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. How can you grieve a Holy Spirit? How could you? Well, he's going to tell you. Ephesians 4, 30, 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Well, look what he said. Let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, clamor, that means loud talking, yelling, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. You hear that? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Did God in Christ forgive you? Yes. Then he said, forgive one another. Why he say that? Because somebody is going to say something one of these days to hurt you and you could get bitter. I say forgive quickly. The Bible said, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You have just given place to the devil. Don't walk around bitter. Who does that say? It's like drinking poison, wishing the other person would die when you're bitter. It's like you, you drinking the poison and wishing the other person would die. The, the bitterness will eat you uh, from the inside out and will destroy your peace. It will destroy your joy. You might change churches, but if you're still bitter, it's going to follow you. And matter of fact, it's going to make everybody else miserable around you. So let, that, let it go. We're not supposed to return evil for evil. Paul said, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks. And 1 Thessalonians 5 said, quench not the spirit. You can quench the spirit when the spirit wants to do something in your life and you say, nope. So we got to be flexible, be flexible in these last days, especially. I hope I'm flexible because, you know, I'm sitting in my ways, too. And the Holy Spirit wants to change something. I want to be right in tune, right in tune to what he's doing. We got to be flexible and we got to be listened. The Bible says when you became a Christian, it's the spirit that testifies to our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Romans 8, 16. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit testifies to you that you are a Christian. You don't need to tell me that you are a Christian. As soon as you're born again, the Holy Spirit bears witness. Say, yes, you are a daughter of God. You are a child of God. And the Bible said the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
We don't always know how to pray as we ought to. You know, but the Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Sometimes you might go to prayer and you don't know how to pray as you ought. You don't know what the words to say, but the Holy Spirit, he said, will pray for you. He knows what you're trying to say, so the Holy Spirit prays for you. It is the Holy Spirit that gives the gifts. Every believer in here got gifts. Everybody's got gifts. There's not one believer that does not have a gift, a spiritual gift. I suggest to you 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, Ephesians 4, uh, Romans 12. Uh, read those spiritual gifts and see which one jumps out to you. See which one stands out to you. Because you are gifted. So you want to be open to that. But the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we all have weaknesses, but the Spirit, the Bible said that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, He dwells in you. He, he lives in you. And the Spirit also says, 1 Timothy 4, that in the last time, many people will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. We see that today. We know that he abides in us because he has given us his spirit. And the Bible said we shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost part of the world. We are, we are Christ's witnesses. This is it. We are his representatives. You know, P Peter, Paul, all the apostles, they're all gone. Jeremiah and Isaiah, they're all dead. They're in heaven. But we're still right here, right now, as a time as this to be light, salt, and a witness and I think it's time for the church to stand and to be that light. He wants to use every individual in here for his glory. The world is looking for an answer. The world is looking in the wrong places for the answer. But they are looking for the answer. They're searching YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and everything else. And trying to find... They say, well, if we... If we bring Donald Trump back, man, our problem would be solved. Really. I don't think so. You're always going to have a problem. Well, you got people, an ungodly nation, that have turned away from God. You're going to always have issues. But this is the time that we should stand for what we believe. We should stand for what we believe. We set the standard, not the world. We set the standard. They got to know where we're coming from. We don't believe what they believe. And a lot of them don't like it. You know what? That's too bad. Jesus said, you know, <laughs> if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So don't think it's strange when people don't agree with you or when people don't, don't like you. Don't take it personally. The same people that gave me a hard time when I first became a believer, a lot of those guys now are believers. They laughed at first. They thought, you know, well, you know, this guy's weak. He don't know what he's talking about. But when they ran to the end of their rope uh, and, and, and they remembered some things that I had talked about on the job, and a lot of those guys now are believers.
So don't get discouraged. Just because a person is not a believer today doesn't necessarily mean he won't be a believer tomorrow. You just keep on doing what you're doing. You just keep on witnessing, keep on being light, keep on being salt, and keep on reading the word and spending time with Christ because God is going to use all of us. He wants to use everybody in here. And you know people I don't. And I know people you don't, but we can still reach them. What we're supposed to do right now is to get as many people to Christ as fast as we can, as many as we can, before that rapture happens. As many as we can. And then whether it's nice now is prime opportunity. Seems like to me, people are more friendlier when the sun shines. I don't know. Maybe just me, but, you know, people are walking their dog and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to get outside and talk to people. Be friendly, be nice. Put a smile on your face. People ask you why you're so happy, you can tell them. Amen? So this is, a, this is a something the Holy Spirit wants to do in all of our hearts, to conform us to the image of Christ. Uh, the Bible said when the, the apostles, they went out, the disciples went out, it said the, word, the world took notice of them, the world took notice of them that they had been with Christ. When you've been with Christ, the world will take notice because Christ is going to pour himself into you. Amen. So let's close in a word of prayer. And wherever you go today, be joyful, be happy. Don't worry. God's got this. And you're going to be just fine. We know in the end we're going to win. Hey, Mercy, come on, let's do this song again. Let's do this, let's do this song again, Mercy. You did, you did a good job. Let's give it up for Mercy. <laughs> come on, Mercy. I don't want to mess this up, so come on, Mercy. All right, Daniel, you got us going back there? Turn it on, Daniel. Hey, you guys can stand. You, if you guys know this song, uh, you guys stand, stand up, and we're going to close in this one song, and you guys are free to be dismissed. <laughs>